can't. That's... Everybody, it is the CBC Wisdom Hour number 56 for April 23rd, 2019. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Everybody coming in from New Jersey. What's happening? Yes, what's up, buddy? Uh, we missed a week, but that happens. For the listeners of this show, you know we skip weeks here and there. But uh, we're back, baby. Nonetheless, <laughs> episode 56. Yes, we are back. Um, and we are all over the interwebs on every uh, p- every podcast platform there is, every major one, and we're also on Spotify. And we don't get a whole lot of feedback, but if you'd like to give us some feedback, you can send it to steve at coverbandcentral.com or, uh, or on the Spreaker app, we'll see it, or on Facebook, which I am sharing to you right now. We're live on the Facebook page, I think. Yeah, my computer's a little slow. I'm trying to get to it, but uh, we are definitely broadcasting live. It's just a matter of making sure it's shared to all these platforms here. Facebook page, which is facebook.com/slash/coverbandcentral. If you're not a part of that, but I'm sure you are. <laughs> of course, everybody is. Everybody is. If they're on Facebook, that is. One of these days, Tony. One of these days, I'm gonna make you. When I come up there in New Jersey, I'm going to make you get on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Like, that okay was like, yes, I will I will amuse you for... Yes, of course. For, oh, my for, computer is broken for, right now. <laughs> oh, I, my internet is down. Uh, power outage, dude. Sorry. I must go outside and drink by the fire. There's, you know, I, as many people as there are on Facebook, there's so many musicians that I know that aren't. And it's like, to me, it's like, why, why are you not? You don't realize how, how valuable this is. But, Facebook, huh? but not everybody needs it. Not everybody wants it in their life. Not everybody has time for it. Um, so, you know, to each his own. True. So true. To each his own. As long as, you know, they listen to the podcast, we're good. Okay. We hey, as long as we're here podcast. podcasting on Facebook, that's all that matters, Steve. Yes. Uh, Great. All right. We are definitely live on the page. I am sharing it to the group. Cheers. Also on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Coverband Central. You can find us uh, there. You can find us just by searching Coverband Central. But the group is almost 52,000 people now, which it's been a while since we crossed a thousand mark. Um, Like it's been hovering in the 51,000s for a while now. Um, but uh, we're, we're, we're just about it. We're, we're like three or four short of 52,000. Um, and that's pretty cool. It's still growing, which I really enjoy seeing happen. And I'm also sharing this, which I don't normally do, but I'm sharing this on my own personal timeline. So people that are friends of mine that aren't part of either the page or the group that want to listen in, they can listen in and they can comment along even. So here we go. We're shared. We're good. So what's been going on? You played, and I haven't heard anything about this yet. So I'm really excited. Your your last gig last weekend. Tell me all. Oh about yeah, it. no. Uh, 
It was great. But, uh, we played Famish Frog in Morristown. It was packed. Uh, tons of people came out. Uh, tons of musicians came out. All kinds of special guests. Um, Steve's brother Joe Bergamini came up, played a couple songs. Uh, and it was Steve's had, birthday, right? It was Steve's birthday show, yep. Yeah. Yep. So we had Dan McCarthy filling in on bass from Lurker. Uh, and then Vinny and um, Mark and Steve from Lurker showed up. So they came up and did a couple tunes. Um, and, and then we had a couple special guest singers. Um, we had... Um, Jimmy's buddy come up. Uh, he sang "You 2 and a bunch of tunes, and really talented guy. This guy Clive, uh, amazing uh, musician, great voice. Came up and just sang a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, great night overall. Like I said, it was it was packed. Um, one of those gigs, like you had reminisced about too, it was one of those gigs where actually like, after after you finished playing the song, the whole place was applauding and cheering, like nice. they were really into it. So it was great. It was a great gig. Sound was good. It was it was fun for me to get to go out in front and listen to other people play, um, you know, get to hear the band out, out front without me having to be behind the drums. So, you know, Joe B was on drums, like I said, and then Mark Thompson was on drums for a little while. So got up and got out front, got to listen to the band, and it was just a great time. And a lot of people, like I said, tons of people came. Um, we played two long sets. We played like an hour and 40-minute set, then we took a 20-minute break, then we played another hour. Uh, and 40. So there wasn't a lot of time to chit chat with people, but wow. uh, that, that place starts at like 10. So we went like almost 20 to 12 uh, with the first set, which was great. Like I said, it was, it was, it was a really good night. Awesome. That's a, that's a nice long, that's kind of what I do here with the, when we do two sets, it's an hour 45 or, or actually no, it's an hour and a half. So you actually did longer than we normally do. So good, good on you. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it was, it was, overall, it was a great night, it was really good. Had a great time, felt great playing, band sounded great, um, yeah, it was really, it was like, it was a great, you know, good turnout, tons of people came, um, and in Heart of Morristown, you know, um, all kinds of hijinks, you know, people getting hammered, falling down, <laughs> uh, it was, it's always a good time playing. I right love now. the word hijinks. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of hijinks, it was good. That's funny. Um, what is uh, Famish Frog? H- how is it set up? Is it are there tables? Is it like a, an eatery as well, or is it just yeah? It's a bar. bar. It's a bar restaurant. But imagine there's a main room with a big bar in the middle, you know, like like a, a normal venue, and the band sets up against the the far far wall. Is it is like a, a a dance floor area, um, all the way in the back. And then if you're looking, if you're if you walk in the front door and you're looking down the bar, the the band is all the way in the back of the room. And then there's another room to your right. Like you can, you know, you can break it off of a little, um, you know, uh, there's a little uh, cut out in the wall, a little pass through um, to get to the uh, the like a sidebar room on the right, and that dumps you out right in front of the band as well. There's a pool table and darts in there, another bar, some tables, foosball, okay. and then on the other side there is a dining room. So it's like three rooms. You know, you get the main big room at the bar, and then you're right and left. Right. I love playing um, places like that because there's so much for people to do, and there's so much more reason for them to stay, you know, and, and then while you're still really kind of the center of attention still. Yeah, and what's cool is like the, the, the side 
room to the right dumps out right where the band is. So if you're if you're sitting, you know, if you're on the stage looking out, stage left where people will gather, you know, at the end of the of the you know to the left hand side of the bar, there's also a giant doorway into another room. So there's another big, you know, couple two steps down where people can kind of congregate, and you can be in the other room but get like a bird's eye view of the van of the band, okay. you know. How is so? Uh, Good. No, I was gonna say so. It, it, you got a good vantage point. You know, a lot of people tend to hang out. At least the musicians did. You know, like all the guys that came that that got up and played, uh, that were friends of ours, all you know, kind of congregate towards the front. You know, right? How was that? Like I was there. I was actually playing a gig with you in Hoboken when the whole smoking ban went down, which was, God, I mean, like we're talking like fourteen years ago now. How, how is that in like Morristown? How, is there an area for people to go outside and smoke and still kind of be, you know, in the club, so to speak? No, no. no. If you're outside, you're outside. Okay. There's, so, there's, there's, a, there's a few bars in Morristown with like an open air veranda in the front, you know, where the, like all the glass or the wall will open up to the sidewalk to the street and they'll have like cafe tables outside. And, you know, uh, sometimes you play those venues and the band set up in the front of the room. You know, so you're actually street side. So you people on the street can see you and, and people in the bar can see you. Hmm. In that you know, instance, you could be outside having a cigarette and still see the band. But Famish Frog is, is no go. So you have to get just kind of like go outside in the street and smoke. Do, are, are, are yeah, there, you got to go outside. Yeah. Are there a lot of people that do that? Or do, did you, do you find that that has diminished since the, the whole law went into effect? I mean, listen, people still go outside and smoke, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's excellent. Believe me, like, you know, you know, not coming home, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and not reeking like smoke and have to take a shower oh, you know, yeah, right yeah. away, take your clothes off in the garage. And it's just, you know, I, I don't miss that at all. And, you know, you'd be surprised, too. But even, you know, when we used to gig heavy back in those days and people used to smoke in the club all the time, you know, we were playing, say, six or eight times a month. We would, you know, I would monthly have to, like, take a Saturday and clean my drums and get that smoke haze off of them. You know, you like you wouldn't realize it, but, you know, you take a, a white cloth and, and, and clean everything down with, with you know, a metal cleaner, for a stainless cleaner or a polish or, you know, something for the shells, and it, it's filthy, man. It's disgusting, you know? You don't realize you're right. breathing that in, but it's all over everything, especially, like, the front head of the bass drum, the white front head of your bass drum. You know, after a month, it's starting to look yellow. So right. the smoking band is, is like awesome, your teeth, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, like teeth. But, um, yeah, so now, I mean, listen, I didn't observe many people getting up and going outside. I'm sure they were, but the place is so packed. Like I said, it was one of those, those nights where it was just, it was wall to wall. You know what I mean? And people were up front, they were dancing, they were cheering. It was, it was a really good night. Band sounded good. Everyone was, was pumping. Like, you know, everyone was. Even though we had substitute bass player, man, Dan McCarthy, he's a great player. He oh, he's great. great. Yeah, you know? Dan's great. He, and he, he can sing great, too. I don't know if he sang it all that night, but... Um. He, he didn't. He didn't. And then at the end of the night, Kel showed up. So, uh, oh, nice. Kel, yeah, Kel jumped in and played a couple tunes with us, too. Oh, that's cool, bass. man. I wish uh, I was there, man, the way you described it. I, like, all these people there, I wish I was, I was part yeah, of it. Yeah, it was a real it was a real congregation, you know. It was really, it was really cool, like I said. Um, there, there, was, there was a bunch of people that came out. You know, there was a lot of people there. And a lot of people that I had invited out, you know, that live in Morristown or live around Morristown, people I used to work with, people we used to, you know, hung out with. So, you know, almost everybody came out. So it was a really good night. 
And how did you and how did how did you fare with your with your shoulder and everything getting through the night? Yeah, it was great, dude. It, it was fine. You know, it was a little sore the next day. I mean, I haven't played for four hours, you know, in in, in quite some time, uh, you know, back to back like that. But um, no, it was fine, dude. It didn't bother me at all. It felt great. Like I said, I, you know, it was strong. I was able to play. It was it was it was a great night, man. It really was. It was it was all good. Excellent. You know, and it was cool too because you had an extra mic set up. Um, at all times, so people were just jumping up and, and hopping on the mic, you know, oh, cool. not not random people, but you know, other musicians that were there. That, like I said, we we had invited up. Right, dude, I can't wait to jam with you again. I'm come. I told you already, and I've said it on the show. I'm coming up oct- in this October. And, oh yeah, and uh, you know, I'll 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 leave and work it around your gig schedule. So make <laughs> make sure that I'm up there for you know for at least one gig that you're playing. I think we yeah. really need to to come up with a GoFundMe to get that Oktoberfest at, at uh, what's his name's outdoor party. Oh, yeah, thing. no, Ch- yeah, Chambo's Oktoberfest. I mean, I, I talked to the guys about it, too. I said, you know, if if he was willing to do it, you know, I could rally 50 people to come up, you know, that would easily give, you know, $50 a person. Dude, I will. I absolutely you know, will. No doubt. I'll give 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I mean. I had people that you know said the same thing. They're like, "Oh, dude, if it's if it's a money thing, because you know it probably cost them like five grand to put yeah, it on." Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's so cool. It, it, the the setup is so cool. The time of year, you know, the ice luge, the, the shot luge with the, the block of ice. Oh yeah. And oh, the yeah. food yeah. and and the, the tremendous amount of people, and then the, the like the bonfire area, and um and then you guys playing. Dude, make this happen, really, this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention. I'm like, gonna, I'm put, gonna put that on my list. Put the wheels in motion. Personal missions. We so, have plenty of time. It's only you know May. Yeah, so, but uh, let's you know this is the time to start. Let's get the wheels in motion. Do, right. We got talk. six months, and we'll get the guest list going, and we'll get people to commit. And like I said, I know right out of the gate, uh, I can, I could come up with with fifty people that would that would go in a second. Right. Yeah. Talk to the powers that be. Make this happen. Yeah. I really want it. I like it's so. I, for some reason, that is just like a big deal to me. Because I, I mean, I know why. Because I had so much freaking fun. At I, I played it one year with you, and then the next year I wasn't in the band, and I just came and and hung out. I think those were the two times I was there, and both times. And then you know, of course, Kel let me get up and play a couple songs too. Um, but I mean, just the, the atmosphere, the environment, the 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 vibes of that kind of, I love playing outside, you know, when you have, when you have, when you're playing to an audience like that, of people who are just there to have fun and they're all friends and they're eating and they're drinking and they're just having a blast. I, I there's, there's nothing better, dude. That's why, that's why we play, right? You know, to get that. Oh yeah. And, and that, that, that's, you know, 200 people captive audience that, uh, that, you know, come for the band as well as the Oktoberfest, you know what I mean? So you're not just like background music. You know, it's it's one of the main main attractions of, of having this Oktoberfest. You know, in addition to all the other, like you said, the fire pits and the horseshoes and all the food and you know his his converted garage, which is now you know converted into a full blown bar with you know pool table and TVs and uh, just a great time. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can make that. I'm gonna, Dude, I'm gonna work. make it so. Do it, please. I will work my my vacation schedule around that, and I will I will contribute to any sort of GoFundMe or whatever and make it make it happen. That would be so I would dude I don't know, it would be so awesome. That would be so awesome <laughs> for me. 
I, I, yeah. I mean, it's just something that I, I know. It'd be awesome have, for everybody because he hasn't yeah. done it in about five years. You know? Yeah. We used to play played it for, I think, 13 or 14 years in a row. Right. You know? And then, like I said, then he hasn't done it. And, yeah, I think this would be the fifth year that he has not had it. Right. Yeah. That's, you know what's amazing, dude? That Jimmy, you know, uh, Jim Huzella, he can remember dates like um, – He's like a date savant. Like I could say to him, remember that time we played Texas Arizona with Steve Wichel? He'd be like, yeah, that was uh, September twenty third, um, to you know, nineteen ninety seven. And he did, he knows he just he knows the dates because he'll say like we haven't played here like we played Famish Frog. He's like oh we haven't played here since blah 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 blah. Right. I'm like how do you know that? He's like I just I don't know he just remembers. So he could tell you like I could say when was the last time we played Chambo's Oktoberfest and he would tell me the exact. He'd say yeah. like October third, uh, two thousand twelve. I like Jimmy a lot. Jimmy's also a Steelers fan. Yes, he is. Pittsburgh <laughs> boy. I like Jimmy a lot. I, I had a blast in that band. I, I I really just want this to happen. I'm being completely selfish, but man. <laughs> yeah, but listen, like I said, uh, everybody that, your selfishness yeah. aside, I'm sure there's a hundred people that would would you know absolutely flip out to have a Chainbow Oktoberfest. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know a crew of about ten guys that constantly ask me every year and say, "Can we get, can we pay money? Can, can we resurrect it?" Right. All right. So, listeners of the show, follow along for the next few months and yes, and six and, months from now and we will see our journey. And and yeah, six months from now when I'm there, we're gonna do a, a wisdom hour in person, like me and you in person, and yep. outside. On and the we'll, we'll have fire. to do we'll we'll play the the party. And we'll do a lot of filming of that party, and we will share it with all you fine folks out there and to 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 uh, live vicariously through our enjoyment. <laughs> yes. But that's a good mission to follow. You know, it's a good goal to have. It really it, is. It really it's, is. It is achievable. Yes. As long as he's willing to do it. You know, I don't know the circumstances surrounding his willingness to do it, but I'm sure, I know on my end, I could I can get... Like I said, some funds raised for sure. Yeah. Well, start the ball rolling. I'll check in with you next week about this. That's your homework. Get the ball rolling. That's my, that's my assignment. Your assignment is to get the ball rolling. Do something. Contact somebody to get the well, ball Well, the first rolling. person to contact would be Chambo to make sure that he's up for doing it. Yes. So contact him. You know, and then, uh, or, or maybe we just all show up at his house and go, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, and and we bring the big ice ice glue. <laughs> Maybe he's too. not even home, and we just <laughs> dude. You know it's funny you say. When I was in college, we went to visit my buddy in Iona, and we used to go all the time. You know they had a frat house, uh, you know off campus, and we used to go and and hang out, and party, and sleep over, and have a great time. And so one weekend we're just like we were looking for something to do, so we're like ah we're gonna just go to Iona because those guys will be there, and they're you know with a raging party. And I remember showing up there. And the frat house was unlocked, and nobody was home. And we went there with, you know, we had carry-in with like 15 people, and we just went, hung out for the entire night, partied, and then went home. And they, and no one was there. <laughs> <laughs> we left them a note, you know, took pictures and stuff. That's great. Ah, to be young and fearless. Ah, yes, and and rent a house that you don't care if people go and you leave the door unlocked all the time. Right. I'm just picturing like uh, old school, the the movie Old School. Yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg comes he's, out. He's got a shirt that says old school, and it's all old fish swimming. <laughs> right. Old-looking fish, like wheelchairs and canes and stuff. 
So how about you, dude? How was your week? Uh, how was your Easter? Uh, Easter was good. I played Easter evening. I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have anything much to do during the day, and uh, I played Easter evening. I played Saturday at Crazy Corner. I've been subbing with them. Yeah. Um, and I have a bunch more sub dates next month with them too, and that was kind of cool. I've been dealing with a cold, and I I been sleeping a lot and trying to knock this out, but you know Friday or or Saturday rather, when I played at Crazy Corner, I did not set up a mic. There was it, there wasn't actually a mic stand for me to use anyway, but I didn't really want to sing because I was just trying to to preserve my voice. Um, sure. And. So it was kind of very freeing. I, as much as I love singing, it was really kind of freeing to just play bass all night. And that's all I did. And because I love playing bass, I, I, I never stop loving it. It's so much fun <laughs> to play bass. Um, and that's what keeps me going doing all this. But the, yeah, it was really fun to just play bass and not have to sing and not have to worry about any of that. Um, you know, I can appreciate that, too, because, like, you know, not to cut you off, but at the gig, like I said, Jimmy's buddy Clive came down, and he's a great singer, and he jumped in on a ton of tunes and sang the harmonies and sang the background, you know, in addition to, you know, singing the lead parts on a bunch of stuff, which was great, because I didn't have to do it, you know? Right. And like you said, it's very freeing just to play. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a couple songs that they do, a few songs that they do that I don't normally get to play which is nice to to just play some different songs um and uh uh you know it was kind of a slow night for a weekend in new orleans uh we only did four sets saturday night but uh but you know good times and then sunday i worked um and i was really tired like i was just like the sick cold that i've been well, yeah, dealing with the sickness doesn't help it was just really taking its toll on me on sunday and i was just sunday i was dragging man at, at the swamp i was just like uh i i was in a bad mood i'm a moody son of a bitch man and and i'm i apologize to any other musicians that i played with about that but it is the fact and anybody that's known me for long enough and played with me long enough knows that that every once in a while i'm just gonna be like uh guy's a great player but he's a dick i mean the, I, I dude i am a dick when I'm like that, I'm a, just a dick. And Sunday night, we had a sub guitar player who has worked with us once before, and he's really good. He's he's one of the New Orleans elite players, um, but he's not as much of a rock guy. But but still play the rock stuff exceptionally well. Um, but uh, it was so it was just a four piece, uh, guitar, bass, drums, and and vocals and. Um, and the singer was calling songs that had were very keyboard heavy, and we'll do songs that have keyboards in them normally without keyboards, where the guitar player will kind of cover some of the keyboard parts, or at least the main stuff. Right. She, but she was calling songs that we couldn't do that with, and that we don't normally play, and we had a sub guitar player, and I was just getting so friggin' frustrated with it. I was like, you know, like, you know, I know a lot of things about this business and about running a show. And I always kind of assume that everybody else knows what I know, but they don't, they don't. And it was kind of, it was really frustrating me that she was, like, she was calling songs that, that we couldn't pull off. And I was like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, come on, like, just, 
just play the easy stuff play the most common stuff let's try to get people in this room and it was yeah it, it just kind of put a, a, a sour for me on the night but you know it, that doesn't last because the qualities that she has and everybody has in the band uh, vastly outweigh you know little little things like that but uh well but, like you said you're playing tunes that you don't normally play you know which is which is always fun i i mean i like doing that sometimes but when it's so reliant on having that instrument that's not there then it's like no 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 why are you even thinking of playing this song just don't consider that like use some common yeah. sense you know just we can't like uh, i mean boogie shoes we can't can't play boogie shoes without that horn part you know it just sounds dumb it sounds too empty um so that was you know one that she called and we did and it was okay but i i still i don't like compromising that much i think you need to consider instrumentation when you're picking songs and sometimes you can pull it off if there's an instrument that's not there but sometimes you can't and you have to know the difference i think but you know that was that was cool i'll touch on that too like at our gig with playing with dan you know we didn't rehearse him or anything because he's pro and he just shows up and, and plays but you know we sent him the list and then he sent back like here's what i know so that was interesting to play a bunch of tunes we haven't played in a while as well you know right there, he didn't know every, a lot of the usual suspects that we would pull out you know so we get to play some different stuff right cool. Yeah, that is cool, you know, because it really makes it fresh. Um, even though, you yep. know, you've played it before, it's like, uh, yeah, breaking this out. And it feels it feels new, again, especially with a new person. Um, but then, so I was looking forward to, like, all right, I got Monday night off, I got Tuesday night off, I got two nights off, I can rest, I can get better, and come back Wednesday night 100%. And then what... Uh, Monday afternoon, I got a text from the other bass player saying, "Hey, any chance you play tonight?" <laughs> oh, nice. So I'm like, you know, like I, I want the night off, but I hate, I hate saying no. And I I put a Facebook post up about this. Like I was supposed to be off tonight, but I was asked to work, and I f have a hard time saying no to people who want to pay me to play bass. You know, so that's, you know, that's what was predominant there. So like, yep, all right, I'll do it. And then I drank some chicken or ate some chicken noodle soup for for, uh, for dinner, took some Alka-Seltzer Plus and went in and felt better and had our regular guitar player back and it was still a four piece and the, playing basically the same songs in the same room. But I just... A, a total 180 i just felt so good last night i was just like in the pocket and everything sounded really good i got a new um i got a new mic i bought the the beta 58 um and i've been using it for a week or so now and it's so nice how do you like it oh it's so much better dude it's you can really like i don't have to push my my voice so much to right. get the clarity out i can really kind of pull back on it and and it, it makes such a difference in my ability to sing and my ability to hit pitch and everything. It's, um, yeah, I love it. I love it. I, like the sound right now, we got, I have the sound dialed in so well. Um, the vocal sound with the monitors in the room and everything. I, I kind of worked with the sound man a bit with 
uh, with the new mic, and uh, yeah. it's what a difference, man! It really impacts how how well you perform when it, everything sounds good to you. So, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, no garbage in, garbage out. When you when you have great, you know, when the band sounds good and you can hear yourself and it sounds great, um, you know, it was a great thing. Like we used in ears at the gig, so I was able to have you know the app on my phone and I could mix it and it was it was nice, you know. Right. I I actually Saturday night Crazy Corner the night I wasn't singing I wore earplugs for the first time in years. I used to wear them religiously and then I I just stopped and. I'm sure it's doing tremendous damage to my hearing, but um, I already have tinnitus, so. <laughs> Definitely just, is. Yes. But I just like that room sound. You know, I like to hear the bounce back oh, yeah. and all that. But Saturday night I wore earplugs, and I was like, wow, this sounds so good. Like, it's not hurting my ears. I could still have, hear everything very clearly. Yeah. Um, the only difference is, like, when you're singing with the earplugs in, it really fills your head, which is good because you can really hit pitch well, uh, but it kind of drowns out everything else that's going on. And so all you hear is yourself in your head when you're singing, which, right. you know, which I, I prefer to hear a good mix, which is why in-ears are so great because you can kind of get the same effect of having earplugs, yet you get to get the perfect mix of everything. So... Uh, I gotta, I gotta really convert to your in ears at the swamp. Sean does it, the drummer. He wears in in ears. Yeah, and you know, and it makes such a difference, but not having the monitors blasting, you know, on the stage. If everyone, ha if everyone's using in ears, you know, it, it makes it real comfortable because you can keep the stage volume. At, you know, at, it doesn't doesn't muddy up the front of house mix. You know. Yeah, the thing with that room though is like, and I got the opportunity, which I I get once in a while, like you just said, to get out front and hear the band. And that happened last week where somebody got up and played bass and I went out I went out front like right by the stage and listened to the mix and then I backed up a little bit and listened to the mix and then I backed up all the way by the front door and that by the front door it really is not loud at all you know it's it's um like the yeah, stage, it's amazing. The stage it's volume 20 30 feet off the stage it's like it's you know a third of the volume yeah it almost sounded like from the front door it almost sounded like the radio or you know just a dj playing a cd or whatever right. um so yeah i mean our stage volume at the swamp is 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 up there probably more than it i don't know i mean you know what i found is cool too like for drum wise like you know Always sound guys, depending on the room too, you know, they'll say you should put a plexi key, you know, put put the wall up around the kit, you know, quell the cymbals and keep the snare from ripping people's face off, you know. But over the years, you know, like my Gretsch kit, I'll, I'll bring an 18 and it's real dead, like it's not real boomy and ambient, you know, but you put a mic in it and it's it's fat, you know, which is which is what you want. Toms are, you know, open, but they're never a problem. But I bring... I got this like six and a half by 14 wood snare to maple snare and you tune it up a little tighter than usual. And what happens is it, it almost like chokes itself a little bit so you can pound on it, but it's not like, Oh my God, the snare's killing me, you know, where you can't hear it in the PA. Cause you know what happens? The snare's too loud. Then the you know, sound guy doesn't put it up in the mix because there's no need to, right? Cause it's, it's cutting through everything. Right. So that's something, you know, guys think about drummers out there, you know, you know, Try to tailor your your drum set for 
the environment. Because when you're at home, you may have a big open bottom sounding kit, you know, with a big fat kick drum and cymbals are blazing loud and the snare's got a nice crack to it. But as soon as you take that out into a room, um, you know, now, listen, outdoors different, right? If you go outdoors, you, you want you want some ambient sound, right? Because this way it projects in case you don't have the PA to throw it. But in a club, you don't want that big, ringy, boomy drum sound, you know? You want a very tight, controlled, subdued sound so you can play hard, but you're not overpowering everybody, you know? Same thing with the cymbals. Like, I brought real thin cymbals, and I left the china at home for Steve B because it was his birthday, and he was crying about me bringing the china. So I said to him, you know what? Maybe I won't bring it just because it's your birthday. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I told him don't get used to it. I love China symbols, though. <laughs> I love. Yeah, I got that Chad Smith China, you know, the holy China. So it's not like obnoxious, you know. It's 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 airy. It's like whoosh. I know? don't get that. Your drummers down here don't use China symbols, man. I wish there was somebody that did. Ah, uh, dude, I, I was so tempted to bring, I have like five, six Chinas at home, I was going to bring all Chinas to the gig and just set up all Chinas <laughs> just, just to see his reaction. <laughs> I may still do that. Upcoming like a China time. hi-hat. Yes, bring all Chinas. I have China hi-hats on the mega kit, believe it or not. Do you really? Yeah. That's crazy, man. <laughs> that is so funny. Terry Bozio style. I love China symbols, man. That's great. But that would be great. And if you notice, like in the past couple of years with Metallica, too, that Loris doesn't use a ride symbol. He's China there. Really? Yeah. Hmm. No more ride. I don't notice that. Got hats and a bunch of crashes, and then where the ride would be, you know, to the right, over the, uh, over to the side, he's got the China. Nice. Good old Lars. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> figure that one out, though. I wouldn't replace my ride with a China, but I would definitely no. go yeah. find those guys and bring all Chinas to the gig. That's funny. <laughs> but good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So um. So one. I I just last night. It, and it happens all the time, man. Where it's like I have a downer thing, and then the next night I might everything is renewed, and I just feel the the newness of. <laughs> it's renewed. Yeah. Just like well, you just come in and you're still playing the same songs, but it, you feel the the new gift of it. For some reason, it just yeah you know ebbs and ebbs and flows you know and, and again this experience for me isn't something that most people most musicians get to do where I'm playing so often you know I'm playing 250 to 300 gigs a year you know it's 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 a lot you know and and I know when I look back That's on a this lot of gigs. yeah I know when I look on back on this I'm gonna really appreciate this experience that I that I I've, I've been able to enjoy um so i try to enjoy it as much as i can intentionally in the moment well remember it takes ten thousand hours right to become a master of something yeah we've talked about that um somebody yeah, wrote so about if you that do the math you know uh, you got to put in a lot of time i don't know if i'm there yet I, but i could do that somebody did that for me what like the first person that i heard that about i heard about that from <laughs> that's what i meant to say I, I played this thing uh and god it has to be now seven or eight years ago in south carolina during the summer it was the showcase of original artists and i was playing with jared fink who is original artist and also wrote and performed the theme of this show and i met this guy and i told him about my gig in new orleans and he he took he introduced this idea to me about the ten thousand hours thing 
And he said, all right, well, let's do the math. You know, and, and he got out his phone with his calculator and he was trying to calculate how many hours I've actually put in. But I, Well, I, if you play t- round numbers, you play 250 gigs a year and each gig is three hours. That's 750 hours a year. It'd take you about 13 years to get to 10,000. Right. But I've been here for nine years and there was... Well, there were times when I was playing much longer than that. There were, you know, uh, gigs that I was playing six sets or seven sets or eight sets, nine sets sometimes. So, so I'm probably pretty close. Eight yeah, you're, you're a couple thousand away. Yeah, you're definitely north of seventy five hundred hours. Yeah, north of seventy five. But then let's include. Well, that's just that's just the New Orleans. That's just in New Orleans. How about general, the right? Yeah, how about the the 28 yeah, plus years that I played before that. So, yeah. Right. I think I'm there. I, I have reached the pinnacle. <laughs> you have reached the pinnacle. So, uh, what, so what is the result of that? What is, what is, what was, what is the crux of that they, once you've played that long? That you now stop playing that instrument and learn a new one. No. <laughs> yeah, you got to... Yeah, it'd be like Cole, man. Just every week, pick up a new instrument, start jamming on it. Well, that, I would love to do that, but but what what is the point that that writer made? No, the point is like to become an expert at something, like whatever it might, whatever it is. You know, they say it's ten thousand hours. You need to have dedicated yourself to a specific task to then be able to you know consider yourself a master. All right, I think I'm there, and I'm going to consider myself a master. I'm going to appoint myself as an expert. Yes, bass master. An expert. Not bass, but playing in bands. You know, I've been playing in bands for 30... Yeah, cover, cover band master. Yeah, I've been playing in bands for 36 years. Um, yeah. You know, so I've hit that number. So I'm going to call myself an expert. Just you try and stop me. <laughs> CBM. Yeah, CBM. CBC Wisdom Hour featuring CBM. I mean, you know, why not? Nobody can tell me different. I mean, they could, but I got a lot of numbers. Now, the proficiency, I would suppose, if you played for 20 years, got you to your 10,000, and then didn't play for 10 years, there'd probably be a reset period in there where you would need to reacquire, reacquaint yourself with it, you know? Yes, but I never stopped, so... Cons- right, correct. So, so consistently playing all the time. Yes, yes, and which is a crazy thing that you know, two thirds of my life I've been doing this and never stopped. Um, you know, there, there was no plan for it, you know, real, other than just like this is what I love to do, so I want to do what I love to do, and. Yeah, and I didn't let anything derail that ever, which is uh, that's something. That's something, right? It's not absolutely. Not. I think that ten thousand hours also applies to that too. To saying you know, follow your dreams and your passion, you know, so that you have the opportunity to invest enough time to get to ten thousand hours, right? Because think about, it, like you said, it's it's a long. It takes a long time, you know. I mean, you know. The better part of your life you've been playing music, you know, and making a living doing it, which is great. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I really think that there's so many people out there like me that want to do that. And that, that was kind of the impetus for, for starting CBC, just knowing that there was that community out there of people that are like, they're, they're, I was just sitting around thinking, there's got to be other people that want to do this. Like, why wouldn't there be? And when you see things like the, the, the singing shows, how many people come out for auditions for things like that, you know, there's, there's gotta be like, who wouldn't want to do that? So, um, been making a lot of strides, man, for, with, with cover band central over the last couple of weeks since our last, um, podcast. Um, I've talked about the, the paid group and now what I'm doing is a, yeah. week, a weekly, live um every other week is a Q&A and then the other weeks in between or just me picking a topic and talking about it and uh but doing it live so people can interact and ask questions and whatever and uh for the first week what I'm doing is uh talking about song selection which I think is one of the most vital things to understand and really have control of um when you're playing in a band, you need to know how to pick songs, why to pick the right, you know, why to pick songs, um, and you know, how they work, why they work, you know, everything about it. It's, it's vital. Um, you know, in a situation like where, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys at, at, in Morristown played great songs, like, cause you know, every time I've played with the band or, or seen you guys, you always pick good songs. Um, but I mean, t talk about those songs too, because I want to hear what you, didn't you have some new songs that you played? We mm -hmm. did. We played Africa by okay. Kodo. Yeah. Which is huge right now because Weezer redid it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that was good. You know, and you know, tricky part about that too is the harmonies. You know, if you go on YouTube and you can find a guy who breaks it down, very, very complex harmonies in that song. Yeah, I don't know if, if you know Weezer did it to that extent, but when you listen to the Toto version, it's really complicated and it's very hard to sing. So that was that was a good one. Um, trying to think of other songs we haven't done in a while. I mean, we, you know, we played some Bruce, we played you know Rosalita, we played Thunder Road, we played um, you know small things, Living on a Prayer. Don't stop believing. We did some oldies but goodies like Slide. We did 3 a.m. by Matchbox 20. Um, you know, we did you know Bruno Mars Locked Out of Heaven. We did Uptown Funk. We did Maroon 5, um, Sugar. We did. I'm trying to think of some other tunes that other people set. We you know did uh, Dancing Queen. We did. Uh, Sweet Child of Mine. We did You Ought to Know and it's Morissette. We played, I'm just trying to think back, you know, and we do probably played 50 songs, you know, over the course of the night. Right. Did you repeat um, anything? Roxanne by the police. Roxanne's great. Who sings that? Surely, Surely sang it, yeah. yeah. That's a great one to do, man. Everybody knows that song, and when that chorus comes in, people are always singing. I, we we do it here too. Austin, my guitar player, sings it. He, sing, he kills yeah. it. Uh, Mr. Brightside, we broke that out. Great one. Um, 
Yeah, just a bunch, you know, like I said, eclectic mix of tunes, you know, uh, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, December 63, you know, we did, um, um, we did, um, yeah, bunch of tunes, man, hit all the eras, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, respect, we did, uh, I'm just trying to think as we're talking through them, different tunes that we did. We, you know, and we did American Girl. We did, uh, you know, a bunch of staples, or standard tunes we would always do. You know, that everyone wants to hear. Right. But there was right. a good eclectic mix in there. Like I said, of, of a bunch of different tunes that that we haven't done in a while, or that we we. And it was fun playing with Dan because he plays different, you know, than Anthony or Kel or you. Um, and I think that we play different, you know, especially my style of playing. Um, you, you know, uh, me and him had a conversation after the gig about how, you know, we let's say I've been playing with, you know, Steve and Jimmy for probably 15, 16, 18 years, right? And Shuli's been in the band probably 10. And same with Kel. You know, he's been in probably 10 or 12 before he split. And Anthony Picone, uh was in for a while, then he was out, then he was back, you know? So in one iteration or another, we've played these songs with the same people, you know, thousands of times. But there's right. certain ways that we play them or nuances that we do or certain parts that I've made up over the years that maybe aren't exactly the studio version, you know, not, not in a song like, say, Roxanne, but in Brightside or, you know, you take some liberties, you know, slide, you, you, you jazz it up a little bit or, or things that I did with you or I did with Zach, you know, like with Mr. Jones in the beginning, you do little hits with the bass drum and stuff like that. Right. And I guess you take it for granted that, you know, other bands don't do it that way. Right. So that was cool. That Dan was like, wow, dude, he's like, I really enjoyed playing, you know, the songs with you guys, especially with you, because you don't play them exactly like the record all the time. And, right. you know, you have some cool stuff in there. And he had good intuition on some runs and things that I would do that he was right there. So it was, I had a lot of fun. It was like I said, he sat, you know, we didn't, I never played with him before, but, you know, two songs in, he was, he was right there. You know, he's right in the pocket. Right on. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting thing fun. that you talk about because what, you change one person in a band and it really changes the, the entire dynamic of the band. And it's, it's funny, the, the thing that I get to experience here, we have two different guitar players at the Swamp and they alternate weeks, and they each have, they're, they're both great guitar players, but they're both very different the way they approach songs. And my drummer, Sean, will play certain things differently based on who the guitar player is. And I, you know, having been in this band now for five years, I know these little subtle differences, like a little just a different kick pattern or a different, you know, different fill um, in, right. in, in certain songs based on who the guitar player is. And it's so much fun to, it's so much, it was the process of learning that was so much fun. Just like realizing, oh, okay, he's doing something different here because Glenn's playing. And, oh, okay, he's doing this because Austin's playing. Like, and, and then learning it because he's very, Sean is a great drummer. He's very consistent. You know, I know what he's going to play. I always know what, he, what he's going to play. And that he, he and I are very tight. Um, but yeah, you throw in an, a, a different, like we had the sub guitar player on Sunday, throw in a different guitar player, it changes the whole game, you know, because right. it, it really does, you know, you just change one element and, and you know, people talk that, about that a lot on, on CBC too, about, 
how do you feel about using sub players or 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 players that play in multiple multiple bands and when you have pros you know like you guys or dan coming in you know he's a pro coming in and can just adjust you know just and then you just have this unspoken communication which is is the magic to of music to me you know like you and i shared it a ton of times and you know uh, you know you just experienced it on uh, uh in your gig and, and especially having all these different people come up and play and you can all still kind of adjust and and when you're having fun like fun fun is primary right Oh, yeah, it's the whole reason we're doing it, right? But, like, you know, uh, I'm always so grateful for that. You know, even though we don't play full-time five nights a week, we hadn't played six months, right? We may have gotten together and jammed just to learn some new tunes, you know what I mean, at Steve's house, but not, like, full-blown playing, you know, out. And it's refreshing to be able to know that it's – no one missed a beat. You know what I'm saying? Everyone was right back on top of their game. Like, you know, like you said, they're professionals, you know? Even though they have day jobs, they're all, everyone in the band's a professional at their instrument. You know, they're very proficient. And like you said, I know Dan's a full-time player, too. So he's, he, it was it was fun playing with him, like you said, because uh, he was right on his game, you know? And, and like you said, the, the fun of having different people come up and different people play. And, you know, for me, it was like, I haven't seen Joe B in a long, you know, in quite some time. It was great to have him come up, uh, hang out with them, you know, get to hear him play. He got to play with Steve on his birthday. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was I got to go out front and, you know, listen to the different nuances, which is so cool, especially with, like I said, having different drummers go up, you know, cause he went up and then Mark Thompson went up the tempos and the way they play and, their interpretation of the song, you know what I mean, which is different than mine. It is cool to go out front and and hear that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially you know? from from players that you respect as a person and as a player. When when you get the when you get to watch them play and see, yeah, the interpretation of the song, like like you watch them, and you're like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have played it like that, but that's awesome. And then you yeah. and then I, like I've done that a ton of times. Like had other bass players come up and play on my rig and. To watch them play I'm like wow why don't i do that like that's way cooler than what i do <laughs> or you will be doing it yeah so then i learn and, and then I, I and then i make adjustments and i grow and, and change things and yeah uh yeah yeah dude oh, it's so cool i mean i love the fact that it was an event too and it was steve's birthday you know i, I love the i love making him making every show an event you, you can you can come up with a reason for it. You can you make something up. It's, you know. Yeah, but you're right. It's it's much cooler having an event than just a gig, you know, for yeah, sure. Because yeah. people come out. Like you said, it's camaraderie there. Like I said, there was a lot of musicians that came out. It was a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like, dude, you want to come up and play, man? Pick, you know, here's the set list. Pick a song. You know, come up and do it. By all means, you know. There's a band here, dude. And next time, hopefully you'll get to come down here again sometime. Um, but next time you do, there's a band here called Chicken on the Bone, and they play on on Bourbon Street. And I did a, a spotlight for them on uh, for Cover Band Central, and I know the bass player, and he's he's the band leader. And they just have it down every. They play five nights a week, and they play sometimes during the day too. A, 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 a more skeleton crew band, um, but they. 
make every night an event five nights a week and they they come up with a reason they're just like oh it's you know it's, it's robert's third day of not eating chicken i you know whatever they just <laughs> right yeah I, they just come up with things and they they take pictures and videos at every show they sell um merch they have t-shirts and hats and like little chicken knitted a custom knitted chicken hats and and gloves and i mean they're, they're and they dress really cool they did like in very bright sparkly clothes and they just they come out and they play the top songs and they come out and they kill it and they're i mean, they're good musicians but there's there's players on the street that are better than every one of them but that's not the point they come out they make an event every time and it's fun they just have fun they interact with the crowd they have a singer this girl sarah who is a killer singer uh, and they have a guy singer and it's and so people out there you don't always you don't have to be the best musician you don't have to know the most you just have to have fun you have to put that element into it and realize that it's a party for people it's, it's energy it's, man that's it's the it's whole, energy it's, it's an all escape. about the energy it's an escape for people it's a, it's Having fun playing music. Um, I mean, we're really blessed, dude, to be able to do this. And anybody out there that does this, you're blessed to be able yep. to do this. Don't take it for granted, man. Enjoy it. Really, really enjoy it. Because the more you enjoy it, the more it's going to come to you. The more you're going to get to experience it. And I'm living. Yeah, when you're having a good time, the crowd's having a good time. It's it's mutual, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm living proof of, proof of this. You know, I I. I always had the passion for it and the love for it and wanted to find a way to do it all the time. And I did almost for a decade now. It's crazy. Yeah. Keep going, man. Keep <laughs> on crazy. going. I want, uh, I want to reach those people out there on CBC that, that, uh, that are looking to do that too and learn how, cause it's not hard. It's really not hard. It's just, uh, knowing what to do. That's it. And you, you know you, you got to persevere, right? You got to keep the faith. Sometimes you got to enjoy it when the times are good, but you have to believe that it's possible. You do, and believe it, because I've done it, so you can believe it. And I'm a real person, <laughs> and I went through all these challenges and struggles. And yeah, that's the key, man. Is, is never give up. Well, and that's the beauty of, of having the, the CBC website and CBC community and the paid group, you know, like people, like I said, you know, there's always going to be haters out there, but the people that do tune in and do take advantage of it, you know, there's a ton of wisdom, you know, and, and knowledge and experience that you can share with, with everybody, you know, based on, like you said, you know, 35 years of doing it. Yes. You know, and things to avoid, things that work, and things that don't work and, and, and things, you know. Um, that are relevant and things that you take for granted, you know, and, and things that we talk about that maybe we say, ah, you know, no one's interested in that, but maybe someone's hearing it for the first time, you know, or maybe something that you think you do all the time that everybody does. And, and you know, there's, there's one person out there that has not been doing that, that says, wow, I just learned something new today. As long as you can learn something new every day and you're growing and you're becoming better, then, you know, that that's the key, right? Evolution. You always got to be constantly evolving and improving and, and listening and learning and, and getting better, you know, because even as long as we've been doing it, we don't know it all by any means, you know, but by we know enough to, to share and, and help other people along the journey. Yep, and, and the best players out there 
share the same philosophy. They're always trying to learn, always trying to get better, and are willing to share what they've learned, too. So, um, yeah, that that's really the whole crux of, of CBC. And, yeah, like I said, um, in the paid group, uh, Caravan Central Musicians group on Facebook, it's only four ninety nine a month. And you can cancel any time. But it's, uh, tomorrow we're going to do a live talking about song selection. And I, it, I love the song selection that you listed, dude. Because a lot of them are staples. A lot of those songs are ones that I would that I play down here and that I've wrote in the article, these are the top 50 songs you need to know and songs that always work. Right. Um, but you're also playing songs that aren't those, but are still really popular and will really work. And like you're talking about the Bruce songs, Rosalie is a little bit more of a deep cut, but Steve Bergamini is a huge Bruce Springsteen fan and he kills it when he when he performs it and you guys are known for that you know people know people come to expect that so you're not going to see your average cover band playing Rosalita but when you guys play it which is an an epic song you know it's 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 not a, a like a top 40 type of cookie cutter song um, no, but people appreciate, like you said, like a Rosalita or a Paradise by the Dashboard Light. You yeah, know, yeah. That's like a yeah. mission, you know, something that you got to put time into. And then, like you said, but then you you really work on it and you kill it, you know? Yeah, I mean, and so when you have that perfect mix of, of the, the kind of the cookie cutter songs like Sweet Child uh, and and then the deeper cuts but still are popular and still really fit in with what your band is about, then, then you have a winning formula. And, that, like, you know, I, I try to tell people that you need to know these cookie-cutter songs. You just need to know them because they work. Uh, and they'll work time and time again wherever you are. Um, and for a, uh, for a long time, you said Living on a Prayer. You know, we play Living on a Prayer here every night. And that song is uh, 30 years old, right? Uh, more than 30 years old. Yeah, I mean... But anything in that era, like, you know, like you said, pour some sugar on me. Right, right, right. Run away, you know, living on a prayer. I mean, there's always, like you said, there's, there's epic staples that will always go over. And then, like you said, there's some other ones like we're going to start working on Under Pressure, you know. The, yeah, the that's boat. great because it, it's and got the right. vanilla ice thing, too. And Queen, yep. you know, Queen is huge still. And that's not, that's not going away anytime soon. Right. So it's it's yeah it's about making that eclectic mix like you said throwing in a rock sand you know something that's a great tune but it's off the beaten path a little bit you know right but it's right. not too far off the path but then there's other ones like you said that are off the path that you know you break out and um yeah you know, there's always someone that's gonna come running up to the front and be like flipping out that you're doing that song you know a, a yeah song yeah something you know yeah like if like once in a while we would break out Bruce uh, growing up which is real obscure you know. But you start playing it, and Steve starts singing it, and all of a sudden, boom, and there's one or two guys that are up front flipping out, like, I, oh, my God, I can't believe you're playing the song right now. I can't believe right. it. Right. And that's worth it just for that alone, because not only are those people enjoying it, there's other people watching those people enjoying it that much, and they're entertained by that. You know, so it's, when you have a supportive crowd, too, like you had that night, it really helps a lot. Um but, you know, staying true to who you are and what you're about as a band by picking the right songs is huge, you know. And 
you know, you every song you listed was perfect for your band and for that club and for that event. Um, so, you know, that's vital for people to understand. Um, you know, there's no, it's, it's not cut and dry, but there are certain elements that are really vital for you to implement to pick the right song. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow on, in the cover band Central Musicians group if you want to join. Um, there's a link uh, in the CBC group. Uh, it's in the announcements, and um, it's growing. It's a great community, man. It's it's a lot of people that are are really good at what they do, um, but are still willing to learn. But, you know, just people like we were just talking about. So um, I encourage anybody to, to be a part of that. Uh, so when are you playing again? What's it, when you, when's your next gig? I don't have another gig right now oh. on the horizon. Oh. I mean, it's got it's got back into the swing, you know, of, of being out. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be back at the frog in the coming months. You know, we already gave the guy all our open dates. Uh, we have some private stuff coming up, so I'll play you next week. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but we have some stuff coming. Cool. All right. Well, get on the chambo chambo. Yes, I will give you an update next week. You get on that dude. I'll keep we, it on my radar. Gotta make it happen. Um, all right, yes. everybody. Thank you. CBC wisdom hour number 56 in the books. Um, com. you could sign up for a free profile for you or your band or both. It is growing. It, that thing is going to be the best uh, website out there for musicians, if it's not already. There's a forum there. You can connect with people. Uh, we're on Facebook.com slash Central is the page. Facebook.com slash groups slash Central is the group. And the musicians group, there's a link for that. And the website, com. you can get everything there. And that'll do it. Thank you all for listening. Give us some feedback. Have a great week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.